0: Hello, cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host, Jake Capparelli, here with no other co-hosts, because they're all on vacation. Uh, I don't know where Mike is. I know where John is. He just got back from wherever it was he was. Uh, I know that was another country, and it's not that far from the United States, and it wasn't Canada. So I think you could probably guess where he was. That doesn't matter. He'll be joining us shortly. Uh, let's just get on to the news, because we got lots of Sunday night news here on the April the ninth, Sunday for episode 505. This week in crypto Twitter, Musk goes full Dogecoin pumping the meme coin. CoinFlex co-founder Mark Lamb tweeted a bizarre letter to his alleged debtors, and a candidate for the US president 2024 spread serious disinformation. <gasps> uh oh. Dun 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 Let's get into it. Crypto prices remain pretty frozen over the last seven days, except for Dogecoin. Doge was undoubtedly the star of both crypto and Twitter, and by extension, crypto Twitter. (laughs) This week, after the microblogging platform, Illustrious CEO Elon Musk changed the iconic blue bird to a picture of Doge. But he didn't do the favicon. I made this mention before. The Shiba Inu, behind the iconic meme that inspired the coin, Musk memed the makeover on Monday. He also reminded everyone that he first warmed the idea last month. Here is a visual. That's an old photo. Okay, sure. In response to the logo change, Doge ballooned 20% in less than an hour because Doge, I guess? Although he ran, uh, Rally ran out of steam by Thursday when the coin posted an intraday loss of about 8%. Well, a little over 8%. Twitter has since reverted to the old logo. But you know what he did? He did pump it. He pumped it, you know. On Monday, Will Clemente, who co-founded digital asset research firm Reflexivity Research, shared some stats from the blockchain analytics firm Keiko, highlighting the fact that through March, Bitcoin has reached its strongest correlation with gold in more than a year. Here's Will Clemente's tweet. Bitcoin correlation to gold is highest. It's been in years surpassing its correlation to the S&P 500 standard. That's S&P this was largely down to a lack of confidence in trade-fi institutions after serious liquidity crisis swept through banks on both sides of the Atlantic, affecting credit suisse and crypto-tech-friendly banks like Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature. In most cases, governments intervened. On Tuesday, Uniswap's inventor Hayden Adams shared some stats that showed his exchange outpacing Coinbase throughout most of 2023 so far. It hasn't been that long. We've only been in it for three and a half months, right? Coinbase CEO Brian Strong jumped on the tweet to inform readers that his exchange had a lot to do with Uniswap's hefty numbers. Here's Aiden.eth uh, quoting on top of Satoshi Club. He says, Uniswap protocol volume higher than Coinbase for two months in a row. Oh, my God. And Brian Armstrong, congrats. Well deserved. That day, Mark Lamb, the co-founder of crypto exchange CoinFlex, issued an open letter to Bitcoin evangelist and Bitcoin cash promoter Roger Ver. Ver, 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 offering him an olive branch and two years of free trading on OPNX, a newly launched claim exchange co-founded by Lamb. Alongside Ver, he included in his tweet Peter Smith, CEO and co-founder of CryptoExchangeBlockchain.com, which allegedly owes CoinFlex millions of <laughs> the olive branch refers to an ending and long-standing feud between the two. Lamb alleges that Ver owes Coinflex for an outstanding loan. The <laughs> debt, which Lamb claims uh, currently claims, is 84 million U.S. dollars. In June last year, Lamb previously claimed the debt was only 47 million U.S. dollars. Here's Lamb's open an open letter to Roger K. Ver at Roger K. Ver, and one more Peter of at Blockchain: A Pathway to wholeness. Sure, we'll we'll believe it when we see it. On Wednesday, MicroStrategy Chairman Michael Saylor went and yep, you guessed it, bought more Bitcoin, as he always do. The biggest Bitcoin maximalist in the world, Michael Saylor says in his own tweet, "MicroStrategy has acquired an additional 1,045 Bitcoin for 29.3 million U.S. dollars at an average price of 28,016 per Bitcoin. That's also in U.S. dollars. As of 4:423, 4, 4, MicroStrategy holds 140,000 Bitcoin acquired for roughly 1.4.17 billion at an average price of 29,803 per Bitcoin. MSTR—that's his company." That day, Coinbase Chief Legal Officer Paul Gruel wrote a multi-tweet thread summarizing the arguments of a prominent legal challenge to the sanctions imposed on crypto tra- 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 transaction privacy, Mixer Tornado Cash, back in August last year. I'm not going to read all of this, but just to start, Paul Gruel says, argument number one, the government can't sanction TC, that's Tornado Cash, because it is not a foreign national or person, per this you know, restrict act. That should be obvious since TC is software. Inowar is a group of people who've never met, who just happen to hold the same token in their wallet. And there's much more to it. You can read it. Check it out. Brilliant. The link will be in the description below. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who will be challenging Biden for presidency in 2024, posted a long rant against the idea of a dollar-pegged cryptocurrency being released by the Federal Reserve, ACBC otherwise known. The problem, Kennedy, is either accidentally or purposefully misread the very news article he linked. The Fed's new digital payment system, Fed Now, is not a CBDC. Fake news, as Forty Five would say. And here's a little bit from Mr. Kennedy Jr. The Fed just announced it will introduce its Fed Now central bank digital currency in July. CBDCs grease the slippery slope to financial slavery and political tyranny. Yeah, he's right, but that's not true. In CBDC news that is real news, the Central the European Central Bank appeared to be getting closer to releasing a digital euro this week. I thought we already had digital currency. I don't even see cash anymore. Where do these people get this stuff from? There's watcher.guru. Just in, European Central Bank president reveals he plans to launch a digital euro CBDC says there will be control over payments. You mean their control or our control? Because it sounds like it's your control. On Thursday, Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao CZ made his views on the AI arms race known. Here's his tweet: "Blockchain crypto is a neutral technology to improve efficiency and reduce costs of transactions. And people worry about regulating that. Yeah, it's a technology that may take over our world and make us irrelevant. And no one is worried. I am pro AI. I am pro innovation. But here's an example of Ghost in the Shell." <laughs> Finally, on Saturday, Chinese blockchain journalist Colin Wu tweeted a reminder that Meta's experiment with NFTs is about to come to an end. Here's Wu blockchain. Facebook and Instagram will stop supporting NFTs on April 11th. Instagram stated that it will no longer be connected or associated with third-party digital wallets. It will end. It will begin to delete the digital collection data in system, including wallet addresses. And here's a link to that. And that's all we got in crypto Twitter. Let's move on to This Week in Coins. This week in coins, Bitcoin and Ethereum unmoved. Musk makes Dogecoin noise, 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 noise. Despite a relatively uneventful week in coin markets, several big crypto adoption stories hit the press. It was a relatively quiet news week in the cryptoverse, reflected by the fact that barely any of the top cryptocurrencies by market capitalizations moved dramatically in the past seven days. Market leader, Bitcoin, or otherwise known as BTC, if you didn't already know that, which has a market cap of well over half a trillion dollars, entered the week weekend down a marginal 1.4% from seven days ago. It currently stands at roughly 28,000, according to CoinGecko. Ethereum went in the opposite direction, trading Saturday up to 2.5% from a week ago, trading hands at about 1869 at the time of this writing. That modest bump is thanks to an anticipation of next week's Cappella network upgrade, the portmanteau of Port of Shanghai and Capella, that's the combination there, two steps that will unlock withdrawals of ETH staked on the network that have been there forever. I mean, I've got staked ETH. This has been like two years um, on the network at an execution layer and consensus layer respectively, and it won't come out all at once. In very basic terms, the execution layer Executes and records Ethereum's transactions in real time, while the consensus layer is where those transactions are validated. Every validator has staked 32 ETH at least to activate their software and is rewarded with ETH work confirming transactions. The validation information the validated information is then shared across the whole network. The biggest success story of the week in coins came from Meme coin Doge, which pumped at the start of the week, then dove and is heading into the weekend about up 8.5% over the last seven days. Coins rallied kicked off after Elon Musk filed a motion with a U.S. judge on Friday to dismiss a $258 billion lawsuit and that's a lot of money, accusing him of allegedly running a racketeering scheme to back the cryptocurrency. That's a half trillion, quarter trillion dollar lawsuit. I don't, I don't think we've ever had a lawsuit that big other than this one. On Monday, Doge ballooned 20% in less than an hour after Musk changed the iconic Bluebird logo on the social media site to a picture of Doge, the adorable Shiba Inu, behind the iconic meme that inspired the coin, but the rally ran out of steam by Thursday, as we said earlier. Adoptive news. In spite of stagnant prices... Three big crypto adoption stories hit the press this week. On Tuesday, Ralph Lauren announced the opening of a new luxury concept store in Miami's Design District. It will be the fashion house's first store to accept cryptocurrency payments. It can be purchased with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polygon, Deutsche. We actually already talked about this on Wednesday, but I don't mind reiterating other cryptocurrencies via the crypto payment system, BitPay. Same day, Latin America's biggest investment bank, Based BTG Patchwell in Brazil announced the launch of its own stablecoin, the U.S. dollar-pegged BTG Dole token, which we also talked about on Wednesday, which runs on Polygon. BTG Patchwell said in a statement that the stablecoin will allow investors a simple, efficient, and secure way to put their equity into dollars. I thought they had a Brazilian coin. Clients started investing with as little as 100 reals, 20 bucks at U.S. dollars. On Wednesday, Post Finance, the Swiss bank, fully owned by the Swiss government, announced it will offer its customers a range of regulated crypto services delivered through uh, Signum's Signum, excuse me, B2B banking platform, including the ability to sell and store Bitcoin and Ethereum, all positive signs for crypto adoption, even if they didn't spark a rally. So continuing on with news that I actually haven't read, so we'll just have to go through it as we go through it. Uh, thank you, Kate Irwin, for writing this article. A lawyer says he called the FBI on BitBoy over threatening emails, calls, and tweets. What is BitBoy trying to do? I mean, I know he likes to stir the pot. After th- weeks of threatening messages, lawyer Adam M- Moskowitz says he fears that one of BitBoy's b- followers might try to harm him and his family. Wow, man, this guy's anything like what it is to be uh, prosecuting Trump. And this is just... Just Bitboy. I mean, it's not like he's Trump or anything. It's, Bitboy's got what, a million subs? A million plus subs? Okay, so lawyer Adam Moskowitz fell, says he felt thro- threatened. Yes, we know this. Told decrypted in an interview. He filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of his clients against a number of influencers, including Armstrong, back in March. Moskowitz clients are seeking a billion dollars in damages and alleged that Armstrong and others promoted the sale. Now, we've already talked about this. this is a, previous article. Now, BitBoy, he did kind of call SBF, Sam bankman free out uh, before the collapse of FTX. So I think BitBoy feels a little bit more threatened than in this case because he saw the writing on the wall. Of course, he did definitely shill FTX like all these other people did. Although, if you guys want to see a really interesting uh, review of this, CopyZilla has a really great uh, take on it. Uh, because he, he was talking about this very lawsuit, and he actually spoke with uh, Meet Kevin, the uh, real estate mogul guy. I think you guys should check that video. out. I'm not just trying to direct you from, from what we're talking about, but he, he, Coffeezilla, really does do pretty good content, and I appreciate his stuff. So uh, the quote here, My family and I have been threatened before this, whether in a court of law or outside court of law, so I take this very seriously. I informed the FBI, and they informed our local Pinecrest police. Um, regarding this situation. So it's definitely not BitBoy who's doing the threatening. It just may be somebody who likes BitBoy an awful lot and is willing to lose their life or at least their uh, current freedom <laughs> over threatening this man. Armstrong has for weeks publicly harassed Moskowitz uh, because it is actually BitBoy doing it, sharing screenshots of emails and influencers sent the lawyer in which Armstrong refers to Moskowitz as a pussy and a bitch. Yeah, well, we all know, if we don't already by now, and that's one of the reasons I actually stopped watching BitBoy in the early days was because he was so controversial. I, I'm i not saying there aren't people who are attracted to that. It's kind of like watching um, prank videos on YouTube, and I know that's where BitBoy is. Um, but it's just it's not the kind of content I appreciate. I mean, yes, I report the news, but I'm, and yes, we do report controversial news, but I'm not trying to stir controversy here. I'm trying to just report the news. So, according to the court filing on, on Wednesday, district court in the Miami division, uh, division of South District of Florida, Armstrong left voicemails on Osquitz law, full of vulgarities, including one where Armstrong states we're going to have First Amendment protesters around your house twenty four seven. It's okay. Um, this sounds Trumpian, very Trump tactics in a sense of intimidation to try to get someone to, to drop a lawsuit. Um, you, you should be doing that in court. I'm, I'm sorry to say that I get I get what you're doing. I get why you're responding to this, and you're not you're not happy about having to respond to a lawsuit. I, I wouldn't want to either. I mean, there have been plenty of um, YouTubers who've had to respond to lawsuits and those who've actually fought lawsuits and won. Uh, and it's not cheap, but the 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 intimidation is illegal. And if you want more lawsuits, this is a way to do it, BitBoy. So probably should stop. I've never spoken to anyone FTX as a marketing agent acting on their behalf. Not once, he told me. So i um, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail. If you guys want to check out the... the You're probably already following it. I, honestly, because I don't watch BitBoy, I'm not really following this, this uh, line of whatever the heck it is he's doing. Um, there are some crazy people out there who will do crazy things if you antagonize them enough. Absolutely. I completely agree that... Uh, uh, there. I mean, what was it? The guy... The, the the pizza scandal thing with Hillary Clinton and Trump... I don't remember. It was a QAnon thing or something. This guy thought that there was a... Uh, Child sex ring or something in a pizza restaurant. But I mean, I'm not saying people can't believe crazy shit, um, but it's utterly ridiculous. People, I mean, I get it. If you if you think you're anonymous enough, you can do stuff, but probably not a good idea. Moving on. Uh, this was uh, sushi swap approval bug leads to a three and a half million dollar exploit. Yeah, this I heard about this uh, several days ago. This is not brand new news, but. Um, only users who have traded on the decentralized exchange in the last four days are apparently affected. So why are they affected? Well, a bug. <laughs> Great, right? It's a layer two bug. Um, on, yep, on a smart contract, on the decentralized DeFi, uh, finance DeFi protocol, SushiSwap led to a $3 million loss in the early hours of April 9th, according to several security reports on Twitter. So I guess it was very recently, because that was today. Blockchain security company CertK Alert and TechShield posted about an unusual activity where someone was draining this out here. So here's a tweet from Peck Shield. It seems that SushiSwap router protocol, uh, processor to contact and approve related bug, which leads to the loss of three and a half million US dollars, about 1800 ETH. If you approved ETH, EtherScan I/O address, blah, blah, blah. blah. Please revoke immediately, or ASAP as they say. One example hack in here is a visualization of the hack that's going on. According to DeFi Llama, synonymous developer, OX, NIGME, the hack should only affect users who swapped in the protocol in the last four days. Well, that could be a lot of people. <laughs> Here's Jared Gray. We've secured a large portion of affected funds in what the White House security process. If you have performed a White House recovery, please contact us at this address. We've confirmed recovery of more than 300 ETH from Coffee Babe of seafood stolen funds. We're in contact with Lido's team regarding 700 more ETH. So it's good to see that they're trying to recover this. Hours after the accident, the, accident, the incident... Gray took to Twitter to announce a large portion of effective funds, uh, funds have been recovered through a White House security process, per the, the tweet we just read. So, yeah, I guess they're working to try to recover. I guess, like, yeah, 300 plus 700, that's half, roughly. It's good to see. The SEC investigation and non-public fact-finding inquiry to determine whether there have been any violations of federal securities laws. You know, you're to have to just declare these things as securities if you're going to get under the securities law, so um, maybe you shouldn't do that and stop making errors, please. Oh man, I feel so bad for people who are just making automatic transfers. Moving on, Magic Eden, we talked about this last, oh, we've been talking about this for a while because Magic Eden is the new place to trade uh, ordinals and to make ordinals, it's great, great to see this happening. So Magic Eden's Bitcoin NFT launch pad debuts as ordinals totals near one million ordinals. Oh my goodness. Not to mention, we talked about Bitcoin stamps as well. This is also going on. Remember, Bitcoin stamps are permanent and cannot be changed, whereas ordinals can be changed. Or, well, it's not so much they can be changed, it's just that if you have a node on on the ordinals, well, on Bitcoin, if you have a Bitcoin node, uh, you can block ordinals, you can't block Bitcoin stamps. Bitcoin spends are supposed to be small, but we'll see if that continues. Interest in ordinals is growing strong, and now NFT marketplace Magic Eden looks to further capitalize on the latest Bitcoin craze. So, what are we doing now? Inscribing digital assets on Bitcoin, that's what ordinals is. And, of course, the search goes on for Satoshi hunters, people looking for the latest, greatest in Satoshis that might be of interest to other people. Now, uh, the unique ones, like the Satoshis that were in the uh, Bitcoin pizza purchase. That was a long time ago, but they still exist, right? So if you can find them, you can inscribe them. And now, with the total number of ordinals to top 1 million, Magic Eden is rolling out a platform that lets creators launch new collections. Yay, Multi-Chain Marketplace, which recently launched on Bitcoin... Quick over, quickly overtook rivals in the terms ordinal trading volume. So, what does Magic Eden say here? PG and Magic Eden, first Bitcoin launchpad. Let's let the, the magic begin. Launchpad will feature a few more ordinal drops over the following week, including Solana based NFT game projects, Genopets, follow existing NFT projects, Lazy Lions and the Humanoids, and a project of popular rapper Lil Dirk. So, creators may use an allow list of desire to let certain wallet addresses mint ordinals, and then users will come to mint in a trustless minting form, so kind of like a ZK, and will essentially execute the sale of pre-inscribed ordinals to allow to the allowed listed user's wallet for the mint price. Magic Eden launch, Launchpad is a business initiative that complements its secondary marketplace, providing a wake to service. So... Ordinals are on the rise, don't really need to continue on that, but I'm excited to see that there are more functional ways of addressing ordinals as Magic Eden continues to allow more Bitcoin ordinals on the network. So on to our last bit of news here. We're not really that far into the uh, news hour, as it were, 20 minutes in. Treasury says crooks prefer fiat to crypto in DeFi risk report. Now I'm not gonna cover this explicitly, but I'm going to say a lot of people have said to me Oh well, crypto is just that—you know—that bad thing as they thought of Silk Road back was it 2012. Um, and they're always saying, uh, you know, well, wh- why are so many scams in crypto? Well, uh, one nice thing, at least from the standpoint of a crook, is that you can't return crypto very easily, especially if someone makes you buy um, crypto coins. If you somehow manage to get them to send, it's like the Elon Musk, the fake Elon Musk. I'm not saying there's two Elon Musks out there. But within Elon Musk's, uh, the Twitters, the, the kid who put the, the um, jokes on Twitter and stole a bunch of people's uh, passcodes and get in their accounts, and they said the thing where they said, if you send me one Bitcoin, I'll send you two. Yeah, I really feel sad for people who fall for that. Like, Oh, I should send him 10, so he'll send me 20. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's a one-way transaction, and they're not sending you anything back. And I'm really sorry if you fall for that. It really does suck. I, I will admit that I have fallen, not for the full Bitcoin send, <laughs> but for a partial Bitcoin send when I was trying to deal deal with a, with a uh, Alibaba vendor, which was not, not real. Despite the fact that they had the seal of approval, that said that they were real. They were still not real. And I got, I got screwed. I, I, the point I'm trying to get at is that people, pr- these crooks as they say in the treasury report, uh, prefer fiat because it's untraceable. I mean, the number of people who have stolen coin, not just Bitcoin, but all kinds of different uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, particularly, I was thinking of those two uh, goofballs, I cannot think of their names, uh, because a couple that were together and they they stole a gargantuan amount of coin and they started trying to spend it. Well, the problem is, as soon as you start spending it, people see where it goes, unless you use something like Tornado Cash to mix it. And then, you know, do you see exactly where the money's going the wallets it goes to and the, and the companies to which it transfers it's a, you if you have a particular account um you know bitcoin base or something else that chashes you out come just block your address so you have to figure out some way of laundering it which of course is illegal so not to say that theft of coin isn't illegal it's just saying that if you want to be discreet it's challenging because these accounts are being monitored they're constantly being monitored. Uh, Someone's keeping an eye on it, whether it be a, you know, it's mostly a digital eye that's keeping an eye on it. But the fact of the matter is, it's being watched. And fiat currency, you know, dollars as it were, actual physical folding, green folding paper, as my fifth grade teacher used to call it, uh, is not being watched. Now, it can be flagged. Money like that can have a a, a die on it, which will uh, come up in in detection when somebody receives a coin. But not everyone's going to do that. So let's just make the point here and what they say yeah illicit finance risk assessment of the defiant, uh, decentralized finance report released today the u.s body says that ransomware crooks thieves and scammers and other criminals are using DeFi services in the process of transferring and laundering their illicit proceeds um let's see if they have a more explicit here yeah things like tornado tornado cash are being used to mix of course you know countries like north korea hackers are allegedly using this as well State sponsored Lazarus Group used Tornado Cash, which allows people to send and receive Ethereum anonymously to launder 96 million US dollars after it hacked the the blockchain protocol Harmony Bridge. So, the Treasury Department further added in its third report that it was working to improve its AML CFT framework in the crypto world and would engage the private sector to support the responsible innovation in the DeFi space. So, I mean, they're just trying to look for ways that they can you know, track the money more easily so they can arrest the crooks that stole the money. And nobody likes to have money stolen from them, at least as far as I know, unless there's some kind of masochist out, state of masochist out there who really enjoys have, having money stolen from them that they know they're never going to get back. It's <laughs> a weird kink. I'm not trying to kink shame. I'm just saying it's a little odd to me. So, uh, yeah. Fiat, uh, as i say, crooks prefer fiat to crypto in this DeFi report because it's not nearly as traceable. I hate to say it, but uh, sending a check, traceable, usually. Um, digital transactions, very traceable. So just like crypto, traceable. Even you know, as we know, the only way is to do an anonymous mixer. That makes it much, much, much more difficult to trace. Although you probably see the, the amounts going out as long as multiple amounts are sent. But um, yeah. That's about all we have for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and or watching. If you are on YouTube, we appreciate the thumbs up. If you want to donate, we appreciate donations. And if you want to check us out on Discord, we also would love to have you there. We have lots of C3 media tokens that you can earn on a regular basis that you can actually buy things with. Uh, So check us out on Discord, check us out on Odyssey, which is fortunately still up. We're grateful for that. Uh, We have a lot of different places you can Come and find us. We're not going to be doing any more interviews for the month of April, but thanks for listening to those of you who checked us out in the beginning of the year. But uh, we'll probably be starting up up again in May. So as we say at the end of every single episode, and I wish John were here to hear it, stack and hodl. Adios.